Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I had the opportunity to talk with Stephen Curtis Chapman, and I think you are going to absolutely love this. He has got so much wisdom, and he's been at this for so long. I think you're going to be able to get so much out of this. So here we go with the podcast. Last few years, I have thought a lot about, um, you know, obviously we've been through so much um, going on in our world and just global pandemic and, and so many things that, you know, the way I process life and faith and what's God teaching me and what do I think, you know, is going on in the world. I just, songs are how I've always done that. And, you know, you can almost go back and listen to my, you know, my life, uh, you know, through my music and probably figure out generally the ages of my kids, where I am in my married journey. You know, you can almost hear all <laughs> that because it's just very honest for me to, this is how I kind of wrestle with these things. And, um, and 35 years ago, this year was my first album. So I knew that I was kind of coming up on that sort of mile marker of 35 years, you know, um, as a songwriter, communicator, a guy who's always, you know, written songs, you know, out of that place of wanting to just share my journey with, with whoever will listen and encourage him. I've had incredible, you know, obviously success beyond anything I could have imagined. And, and so one of the challenges for we insecure artists, and I'm just going to say we all are, because then I feel right. less, you know, alone <laughs> and, you know, like the, like the goof, goof, goofy one. Um, but I think we all are at some level, um, you know, with new music, uh, when you've had a long history of success, a lot of times if I play a new song or have new music, you know, at this point in my career, many times people will be like, man, you know, that's really nice, but gosh, you're never going to write, you know, the great adventure. Now that was the song that really changed my life <laughs> or, you know, you know, name the song, you know, Cinderella, yeah. I will be here. Oh man, dive. Now when that record came out, I was in da 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 and they start telling your story, which is awesome. It's so encouraging. But the flip side of it is you kind of just said that, you know, whatever new thing you have to say, you know, that, thank you, but I'm not really that interested in that. Cause when I yeah. think of Stephen Gershaw, I think of that, you know, and right. it's a reality. I mean, I got a friend of mine who is the biggest, he'll say I'm probably the biggest U2 fan on the planet, but I really don't care if they make any new music because I am a U2 fan of the music that means so much to me throughout my life. And it takes me to these places in my life and in my memory, you know, yeah. and it'll always mean that to me. So all that is a backdrop for me to kind of wrestle through, you know, there's nothing contractually saying I have to make another album. There's nothing. Uh, and there's even some things that make me wonder, you know, does the world need or care if Stephen Kirsch Chapman makes new music? Would they rather just hear me sing the songs that mean so much? And I'm thankful for that. That's an incredible blessing. Yeah. But I also found myself saying, you know what? I need to write these songs and record these songs. Um, and I'll trust God with, you know, who needs to hear them or where they go. But I know for me, it's important for me to put these, you know, thoughts to music and record these songs that I've been writing because my perspective at this point in my life is something that I wouldn't have had perspective of even five, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, when I sing a song, you know, about God's faithfulness and I sang it when I wrote the great adventure, it's a whole deeper, way deeper level of what I mean and what my experience is. And there's a lot more battle scars and there's a lot more pain, but a lot more, you know, depth of 
you know, the, the hope that's in that when I sing about it now. And yeah. so that's really what the song still, you know, the whole project, the whole, all the songs that I started to write, I realized I still have this passion and this compelling to write and sing songs about God's faithfulness and God's goodness, because I still believe it. I'm still married by his grace. I'm still believing. I'm still on my faith journey. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm still figuring it out and I'm still a mess and I'm still in progress. You know, that word still just captured so much for me <laughs> about where I am musically, my faith and, and all of that. And I think there's something, there's a real power in that word. You know, when we see so much changing in our world and deconstructing and all the things going on in faith and in the church and politically and racially and certainly the pandemic, just a word like still just felt like, Mm, yeah that's an anchor that i'm gonna drop and and write that song yeah i'd love like you i was thinking as you're talking about all that stillness there like i would love to just pick your brain a little bit like how and i'd imagine you're just gonna say it's by the lord's grace but i would just love to hear yeah. like how how have you set yourself up for this longevity just both like i guess even in the industry but i think more importantly with the lord i mean like you said so many people are like walking away from church or faith or yeah. some version of both of those right yeah. What, how do you, how do we not end up like that? Yeah. You know, I, I really think one of the things is um, for me having this, uh, you know, this calling and platform and uh, in a sense, a responsibility that comes with that too. Uh, and feeling that, you know, to say, um, I'm going to, you know, I've been given this, this opportunity to sing and encourage people in their faith journey. Um, but I, I'm struggling. I'm, you know, I'm feeling the doubt, uh, especially walking through, you know, what I have in the recent years, the loss of our youngest daughter, Maria, uh, 14 years ago now, you know, where my life and faith journey and, you know, my wife and I walking through, we've written, she's written a book about it. We've written, you know, both of our versions and our stories, my wife, you know, battling, you know, with, you know, uh, depression and the impact of that. I mean, just being honest in those things. Um, and, and all of those things, either they do one of two things. I heard somebody say a long time ago, trouble will come into your life. Now I'll try everything I can. I'm a fixer. In fact, there's a song on my new album called unfixables. And the question I, I wrestle with what do I do with all these unfixables more yeah. and more? The longer I go in my life, I realize there are things in this world and this life that are not fixable. There are things about my relationship with my wife and things that we can work on. And we've been to every counselor that Nashville can offer and none of them have been able to fix us yet. Um, <laughs> and, and we spent a lot of money with them and I'm really kind of mad about it, but no, uh, <laughs> but you know, and I've read a lot of the books and they haven't fixed us yeah. either. And sure. there's a part of me that thinks, you know, I think the reality is, uh, as much as I am a fixer, I'm never going to get a lot of these things fixed. Of course, the ultimate unfixable as a father would be to lose a child. Well, then we walk through that process and you carry that and you, you, so what do you do with those things? Those things are going to come into our lives as just the human experience. Um, and maybe foolishly, like some, I certainly, uh, you know, had this understanding, uh, growing up with this, you know, gospel message being God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. 
So yeah. when you begin to realize, wait a minute, that wonderful plan might not be so wonderful sometimes. In fact, it yeah. might really not make any sense. And in fact, it might really be way harder than I imagined. And God's not fixing this. And I can't figure out how to fix me or fix this thing that's broken. So what am I going to do with it? And when those things come into our life, I remember someone years ago, and I'm just, it's, it's, I'm a simple picture guy. And they just said, things come into our life and it's like, they fall either they fall one place or the other. And we really decide where they fall. They either fall between us and God when those circumstances come that we can't understand or we can't figure out and they push us away and they become a divider. And we're like, well, if God lets that happen, then I'm out on that. Or yeah. if God doesn't explain this, or that doesn't make sense, that doesn't fit into the paradigm of what I understand. Or we let it fall outside and press us in to God to say, God, I don't understand it. But basically the whole of scripture, you know, when you really start to peel, peel it back, you start to look under the hood, you know, and you start to realize, wait a minute, you know, what is it? Abraham, you know, grew in his faith, you know, as he, you know, as he trusted God, as he, you know, worshiped God, it's like, as he said, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how you're going to make good on your promise to make me the father of, you know, uh, you know, as many stars as there are on the heaven, but I'm, I'm going to trust you, you know, or Job or, you know, yeah. King David or whatever. So I think it's, it's, you know, you are right. My answer is it's the grace of God, but you know, what's that look like? Well, that's everything from making those choices, but even that making those choices are the result of God, you know, putting in our lives and me seeking out godly counsel, pastors, you know, those who mentored me through their books from, you know, C.S. Lewis to Oswald Chambers to A.W. Tozer and, and, you know, people that I've had relationship with like Chuck Colson and, you know, my pastor, Scotty Smith for 35 years that, you know, has, has mentored me and, and walked with me and just seeking those, those people out as well uh, to walk on this journey with. Yeah. You mentioned like Tozer and stuff like what, what are some of your favorite books and studies and stuff that you go through? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, that I did not grow up as a reader. I read, I think maybe one or two books, you know, that I, <laughs> that I, and that was because I had to until I was probably early twenties. <laughs> and then I had a pastor, a very dear friend uh, who began to kind of say, Hey, have you ever read, you know, a pursuit yeah. of God, you know, A.W. Tozer I'm like, no, I never heard of it, you know, and I read it and, um, you know, so I began to just kind of the, the cost of discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, you know, yeah. for a non-reader, I crawled my way through <laughs> that heavy duty, yeah. you can imagine. heavy right. duty. Um, and I'm sure I've still missed most of it, but I did get, you know, picked up little nuggets. In fact, that's where the, you know, I wrote a song called for the sake of the call that actually came as a, that's a direct quote from cost of discipleship. Um, yeah. children of the burning heart is a direct quote that came from a A.W. Tozer. Uh, book, you know, Oswald Chambers, you know, the many of my songs influenced by his utmost for his highest. And obviously, which who of us songwriters or any any of us that haven't been impacted by C.S. Lewis's, you know, writings and readings. And, uh, you know, there's a song on my new album, in fact, uh, that is called Do It Again. And uh, hmm. someone the other day said, I'm on to you. That's Chesterton, <laughs> isn't it? And I went, yeah, you got me. You got, got me. 
And I'm not even smart enough to read Chesterton. I just read enough of his great quotes to go, that's a good 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 talk. I'm writing that one, you know, that God is infinitely young. We're the ones who get old. And every day God says, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I was like, that's amazing. I got to write that. So, um, you know, those are, those are some, um, but I, uh, you know, I'm, I wish I was even more of a reader than I am, but I'm still trying. I've got a big old long list of books that Lord willing, I will uh, get to, you know, one of these days and get to read all the, all the greats and all the classics. And I'm still trying to get, I mean, I just recently about two years ago, finally read East of Eden, you know, uh, which uh. is you know not a spiritual classic, but man, what an amazing, what an incredible book. And, and uh, you know, so anyway, I, I, I do love, that's my, that's my dream, you know, of, of uh, life sitting on the beach somewhere just with, about 10 books and, you know, somebody saying, you're not allowed to leave this beach until you've read all those books. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I think that's called heaven. Right. 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 <laughs> well, it sounds like, like, like you're saying your songs come from life. Um, I'd love to hear, I'm sure tons of people would love to hear like your songwriting process. Um, do you go about, I need to make some songs or do you just kind of let that, let the, let them come as life feel like is, is it your way of processing like what, what's it look like for you well absolutely you you know hit the nail on the head um the last thing you said it's, it's really just my way of processing life sure. um you know if you listen through you know if it's um you know when when things are going on in the world my my way to wrestle through and, and try to process so often is just my journaling is is songs you know i've tried journaling yeah. And I go back and I've got probably 20 journals that have about three pages filled out. And then I'm like, you know, it's like a turnover. All right, I'm going to write journals now. I'm going to do this. Right. And uh, I get about three or four, you know, days in and then I, you know, lose my, my way. But, but um, songs, you know, as, as life is happening as something, it may be something I've read. It may be something that, um, you know, I'm just processing. Um, and of course I'm fresh with this newest album of, going through the list of songs and the thoughts of, you know, I've got a song, you know, my new record is, is an example of um, my best friend uh, in seventh grade was a kid named Carlton Bell. And he was, he was black and I was white and I never even really thought about it. I, I grew up, you know, with a lot of folks on our street where I grew up were black families and um, Carlton was just my best friend. We played drums together in the middle school marching band. We got to go to Disney World and march in the Disney World parade. So the first awesome. time I ever went to Disney World <laughs> and the first time I rode Space Mountain was my with my best friend Carlton Bell. So I always think of that when I go back to Disney World or, yeah. you know, first time I, you know, experienced any of that. And and um, when all of the, you know, racial things it really started to just you know, intensify in our, in our country these last couple of years, um, I, you know, began to, you know, ask myself and wrestle in ways I never had with, gosh, I don't know, you know, what it's like, the perspective uh, of, you know, friends of mine who are black and sat around my fire pit here one night with, you know, white and black friends and just said, talk to me, let's just talk about what's it been like, you know, growing up and, and being, you know, in your skin and, and that I wouldn't ever understand. And I kept thinking about my friend Carlton and um, I wrote a song called uh, Living Color. And it's just a story song about my best friend when I was in seventh grade, just I wonder what happened to him. And as the song, I won't give it away, spoiler alert, you know, on it, but 
um, I kind of explained the song of just going into the process of trying to track him down and see, you know, what it was and, and kind of where it took me. And, um, and, and, you know, even with that, uh, even in that song, you know, trying to be as honest as I could, there's even a lyric in the song that says, if I'm honest, I'm scared to even write and sing this song because I don't want to somehow say the wrong thing. You know, the, the, the danger of even trying to be honest and say, man, I, this is a hot, such a hot button and a hot topic. I don't want to do, do this wrong. So maybe I shouldn't even do it. And I was like, well, I'm going to process this out as honest as I can. And, um, you know, in a song, and that's the way I was, I, I was able to do that. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's just, it's the stuff that's stirring in me, the things that I look around and think, you know, <clears throat> these are, are I, I want to uh, encourage uh, others, you know, from my own perspective. I mean, I, I've become a, uh, in the last few years, uh, you know, a fan of Bruce Springsteen. Last couple of records, I think, are just amazing. He made a record called Letter to You and a record called Western Stars. And yeah. I've, I've never been a huge Springsteen fan, but I, I uh, not that I, I didn't, uh, I've always had a respect for him, but just, you know, really knowing the records and, you know, knowing all track five and six and seven, I just know the hits like most people, unless you're a real fan. Well, these last few years, you know, I've just kind of tapped into his, his, his art, his poetry, his storytelling as a songwriter and been really inspired by it. And here's a guy, he's 70 years old. He could have hung his guitar up a long time ago. Um, didn't have to make new music, but I'm really thankful that he did because yeah. it's inspired me and it, and it's, it's great art that just, you know, I've found a, a real inspiration from. And so I think that was one of the things, even for me, it's like, there's, there's a perspective at this point in my life and this songwriting process. That's always what I've done is just, let me share my perspective. Now, Cinderella, you know, wouldn't have ever written that song had I not had two little yeah. girls that wanted to dance with me one night and I was tired and you know I never yeah. sat down and thought I need to write a song about you know right. <laughs> dad who shows up for his daughters so what can I write about it just happened and I and I put it to music you know so yeah it's a lot of that's a lot of my, where my music comes from yeah so many wedding songs out of that one or wedding dances yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah it's been a few <laughs> what um I'd love to like just a little bit of time here I'd love to hear your thoughts having 35 years in the industry and kind of like the church and church music and Christian music. What, what do you think, what's your gut on where we're going in the next five, 10 years? Yeah. As much as you can. It feels like I, I ask this a lot for a lot of people and yeah. we're all kind of like, man, I have no idea, but the Lord's good. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> so, exactly. Like, just, there it is. That's the yeah. answer. <laughs> I'm uh, answer I will, well, yeah. if I, if I may, you yeah. know, cause I certainly don't have a crystal ball and I don't, uh, I, so I don't have any idea where it's going. I know where I, where I hope it's going and where yeah. I get hopeful that it, that it could go. And, um, and that is clearly, I am deeply grateful for, and even sort of ventured into corporate worship out of a, out of my own experience of how important and really life and soul saving uh <clears throat> for me declaration songs like blessed be the name of the lord you give you take away yeah <clears throat> excuse me those songs were on a truly lifelines for me when we mm -hmm. lost our daughter to just yeah. 
when I couldn't sing anything else and I really wasn't even singing that, I was more squeaking it out or, or screaming it at the top of my lungs, but just saying, God, this is what I'm going to choose. And I didn't, you know, I, I, I didn't need or want, or, you know, it wasn't time to, you know, think, uh, uh, you know, a story song. I don't know if I'll ever write those again. I just need to be able to say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to trust you. You yeah. know, um, just, and, and so out of that, you know, wrote some songs that, that were in that sort of vertical, you know, corporate worship sort of thing with an album called Worship and Believe. But, and so deeply grateful for the worship music movement and how it's given voice to, you know, to, to the church, contemporary church to express, you know, our, our worship and, and our thanks um, <clears throat> to the Lord. I, I, with that, miss, uh, you know, begin to miss the songs that do, again, take you on a journey, tell a story. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, you know, New Testament is full of, I mean, the, all, the whole of the Bible is, is a story. God, you know, God reveals himself in story. Um, yeah. You know, Jesus over and over again, the kingdom of heaven is like, and I'm going to tell you a story, you know, a, you know, a servant, you know, a master calls his servants in and he's going away and I'm gonna tell you this story, you know, and so I, I, I love that and, and I'm drawn to that. So storytelling, you know, great storytelling. Um, we should be the best storytellers of all because we have the best story to tell. We should right. be the most creative uh, artist. We should write the most clever songs. Yeah. You know, the most fresh. I never heard it said like that, you know, C.S. Lewis, again, you know, we go back over and over right. and over again, because yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's a guy who, you know, creatively painted a picture of the gospel in a way that, you know, someone who didn't even know that, to, you know, what they were getting, they were, you know, thought they were just reading a story about, you know, a, a lion and this, you know, fantasy world, um, that the brilliance of that, just the, the, you know, the beauty, uh, I yeah. think of, of, you know, the, the, you know, of truth in, in that, the way it shines and it's illuminated, you know, art that's illuminated with truth. That's always been, yeah. I heard somebody say that years ago and I'm like, that's what I want to do that. I want to make great art that is, is just kind of has this glow about it because it's got, you know, the truth. So there's great songs. There's great art. I mentioned, you know, Bruce Springsteen, I can tell you, you know, the songs I love, but, and, and they're great. It's great art. But then, you know, I'm like, man, if that's good, well, what happens if it gets the glow of, you know, of, the gospel of yeah. eternal truth put right. that in man that's that's what i aspire to hope for and and hope to see continue you know in in christian music and because if anybody ought to be doing it the best of anybody it ought to be those of us who know where it comes from you know right um yeah and that's so that is that is my hope and you know like i say with with the growth of of worship music so much i think that's taken a, a back seat in some ways I'm encouraged to know and see and hear of artists who are, you know, compelled to write, continue to write those kind of songs. I think it's a both and we need both. Right. Know, yeah, that's not huge. one to the, to the exclusion of the other and not just in music, but in filmmaking and, you know, yeah. and all of it across the board. I mean, I'm so proud of my boys, you know, they're my, my sons, Caleb and Will are in a band called Colony House and yeah, they're yeah. amazing alternative rock musicians, you know, who, are making great art illuminated by their faith. And, you know, and it's not music that they're, you know, like their dad made, but, uh, but I see them writing great songs and telling great stories and, you know, 
making fun music that people go, man, that's so fun. And it's got a pureness about it too. What is that? How, how can you do that? Right. You know, I thought, yeah. well, let, let me to, tell you about that. Had to be this, you know? <laughs> so then yeah. you get the opportunity. Yeah. So right. um, anyway, that's, uh, that's yeah. not really an answer, but that's my, no, that's answer. fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you're connecting with us everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. We are all over the place and can't wait to say, Hey.